The message this morning is called, is titled, The Perils of Partial Performance. There are many instances in the Word of God where people have followed God faithfully in many ways, in many areas, but there's just been one part of their lives or one time in their lives where they have decided to not quite do what God has asked them to do. There might be something that God had specifically asked them to do, and they did most of it, but there was one part in which they lacked, and there was a consequence. Every, each and every time that there was just a partial surrender, a partial obedience, a partial performance of what God had asked them to do. Let's start from the very beginning. And we don't have to get very far into the Bible before we find the first example. First example is Cain. See, Cain and Abel were brothers. Um, they were brothers of the the first, uh, well, the uh, of Adam and Eve, the the very first people on the earth. Uh, they were the children of Adam and Eve, and they were both brought up uh, in the same way. And Abel, both Abel and Cain brought a sacrifice to God. They both did it according to the way that they thought was best and, and, uh, and the way that God would have set out. However, Cain didn't quite do exactly what God had asked to do. God required that sacrifices, there be blood spill because that is, is something that covers. There, there needed to be something that uh, there needed to be a loss for something to be acceptable to God. There had to be a sacrifice. Cain brought of the fruit of the field, and his sacrifice wasn't accepted by God, and, well, Abel's was. And God talked to Cain and discussed things with him, and Cain didn't listen to God, Cain went and talked to his brother and was filled with bitterness, hate, and murdered his brother. That was the consequences of Cain's partial obedience to God. Saul, the King Saul, was anointed by God um, to lead the entire nation of Israel. He did many things right, and he overstepped his boundaries. And God told him uh, to, to go and kill all of the Amalekites and kill everything that they had, everything. And the, the sheep, the oxen, the men, the women, all of the people, God didn't want anyone of these wicked people to be left on the earth. However, when Saul came back, there was... Uh, a few omissions from what God had asked him to do. He brought back the king of the Amalekites, and he brought back the oxen, the sheep. He brought back spoils from this great victory. And Samuel met him, and basically God judged Saul because of his partial obedience. What happened? He lost his anointing. He lost his position. He was no longer to be king. And he was filled with jealousy and rage after that of anyone who would take his place. 
the prophet or the um, not really the prophet, the priest Eli had two sons. Eli himself was uh, was faithful to God, and he served faithfully in all that he did. But he had two sons that did incredibly wicked things, and because of them, the people hated to go to the house of God. Um, he refused or um, didn't have it within him to rein in his sons, and his sons ended up um, taking the Ark of the Covenant out to battle without the anointing, without the, uh, the permission of the Lord. What happened was the Ark of the Covenant was lost. His sons died, and Eli himself died after hearing the news. Those are the consequences of partial obedience. Eli could have stopped it all. He could have had his sons removed from, from uh, the priesthood, and that's what he should have done, um, according to the Word of God. And they should not have still been serving, but because of that partial obedience... There was these consequences. There was a young prophet in the book of First Kings. And he was told by God to go and um, go and preach against the King Jeroboam. Because King Jeroboam anointed or appointed his own feast. He appointed his own thing uh, that would worship uh golden calves, worship things, worship idols. And so this young prophet was told of God, go and preach to him uh, and basically say what's going to happen, that there's going to be a judgment against him. And he was specifically told not to eat, uh, not to stay, not to eat, but to, to get out as soon as he had preached. There was an old prophet who deceived him and and uh, brought him back and into his house and told him that an angel had talked to him and, uh, and, and, and deceived him and brought him back. And then while he was there sitting and eating, the old prophet, the Spirit of the Lord, came upon him and he prophesied and basically gave a judgment against this young prophet because he hadn't done everything that God had asked him to do. You see, we can't give excuses for partial obedience because of what other people do or because of what other people say. When we have a word from God, when we know what we should do, we can't allow ourselves to be deceived by other people or to allow other people to turn our heads and to do other things against what God has told us to do. What happened to the young prophet? He went out as, uh, as quickly as he could and the lion met him in the way and and basically killed him, but didn't eat him, as lions would normally do. And it was uh, God showing his judgment upon that young prophet. David um, wanted to bring back the Ark of the Covenant into, uh, into Jerusalem, uh, and he built a, a tabernacle for it, and according to the, the plan that God had given. However, the way that it was he first brought tried to bring the ark back into the city or in, into the city of Jerusalem was 
a bit short of the way that God had intended. God has had laid it out in his in in his word that it was to be done by the priests. They were to carry it. They were to carry it by the staves. But instead, David put it on the back of a a cart. He was worshiping the whole nation, the whole whole people of God were worshiping as they brought this cart this uh, ark of the covenant back in the cart. But then the cart stumbled and a man reached out his hand to the ark um, against what God wanted uh, people to do. People were not to touch the ark and he died. The worship service was cut short and basically it was three months before David was able to do it the right way again. How much confusion do you think was in David and the people of Israel during those three months? They were thinking, what's going on? We're trying to do the will of God. We're trying to do everything. We're trying to do a good thing here, but this bad thing has happened. They would have been questioning, you know, what was going on. Some would have been questioning God. You know, is God really for us? Does God hate us? And there was all this confusion. There was all of this um, thing, all because of this partial obedience. Yes, it was a good thing for the Ark of the Covenant to go to Jerusalem, but the way that it was done was wrong. It was against the way that God had set out in His Word. King Uzziah was a man that followed God greatly during his reign. He Many things happened. Uh, he had many great victories. He was anointed. He was blessed of God in many ways. He, he, uh, there were inventions of war that were done through his, uh, well, while he was, he was a king that helped to uh, turn the tide of war, that helped the Israelites to be victorious. And God just kept blessing and blessing him. But then he tried to take spiritual things that weren't his. He got a bit too big for his boots. He decided that he was equivalent to a priest. He decided to go and sacrifice. Um, uh, he decided to put fire on the altar, which is only the priest to do. He had so much obedience. He, he did so many things to the Lord. He turned the, the nation of Israel back to God. He, he did so many awesome things. But then there was that partial obedience. There was that failure to do everything that God had set out in His Word. He was resisted by the priest of the time, and he had about 80 other priests with him to resist him going into the temple. And he said, no, don't do this. Um, this is not yours to give. You are not a priest. You are not of the priestly line. And, and as Isaiah was arguing with them, there was leprosy that came up into his body. And... And they cast him out, and he himself was, was uh, ready to go out really quickly after that. And he was a leper until the day that he died. He lost his kingdom. It was given to his son because he, of that partial obedience. He had leprosy, he lost his position, and he was leprous until he died. Those were the consequences of his partial obedience. Moving on into the New Testament... King Herod, or Herod the Tetrarch, as he is referred to in the Bible, he never actually got saved. But he loved John the Baptist. He, he heard John the Baptist. He, John the Baptist had, uh, had basically come and, and told him that it was a wicked thing that he'd done to take his brother's wife. And so he put him in prison. But... The Bible says that he heard John the Baptist gladly and that he did many things. 
there was a partial obedience to what God wanted him to do. He, he heard him. He, he did what was convenient. He did many things that the Lord wanted him to do, but he still managed to be tricked into beheading John the Baptist and ending John the Baptist's ministry at that time. He was used to uh, remove something good from the earth because of his partial obedience. If he had listened to John the Baptist, if he'd done everything, not many things, but if he'd done everything, if he'd been saved, if, if he had been uh, fully saved, then he would have not have done the thing that he did. Judas Iscariot is a very famous example. He followed Jesus. He was with Jesus all the time. He followed him faithfully in many ways, but the Bible says that he was a thief and that he stole from the bank. He had the money that was to be distributed to the poor, and he took portions of that for himself, for his own purposes. And what did that lead to? That led to him betraying Jesus. That led to him going to the, uh, to the priests at the time, the church leaders, and saying, you know, you want Jesus? I'll deliver him to you. Give me money. He was, he allowed himself to be, to, uh, that greed to, to well up within him. And he might have taken just a little bit at the very first time, and then a little bit more as he saw that he wasn't caught. And then they just kept going. It got a hold of him, and that greed turned into something where he was the one that delivered up to, to Jesus to die, and he hanged himself as a result. Ananias and Sapphira, they saw what Barnabas had done and in, giving, in selling a, a property and giving everything to the church. They, they loved what they saw. They, they loved the idea and they wanted to do something. They wanted to get the same recognition. They wanted to get the same, uh, the same praise that Barnabas had got. But, and so they did the same thing, but they only partially did what they'd said they'd done. They said they'd sold it and given everything, but they only sold, well, they sold it, yes, but they only gave part of what they'd given. And as a result, they died. God pronounced judgment upon them, and they both died. John Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on one of their missionary journeys, and he was there, he saw the power of God, but he returned after there was too much persecution. He stopped going. He stopped continuing on in his ministry. And as a result, he was stunted in his ministry. And it was years later that he was fit for ministry again with the recommendation of Paul. We can't afford to go part way with God or have partial obedience. When we look at the examples in the Word of God, we see that every single time there was a consequence for partial obedience. If you could turn to Luke chapter 14, and we'll start at verse 25. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. It's talking about Jesus. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters 
Yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So anyone that allows these things to overcome what God wants to do in their lives, what God has asked them to do in their lives, and their own will, they can't be God's disciples. They can't be the followers of God. There cannot be a partial obedience where you allow God into your life in, in some areas, but not in others, where you allow them to have control over what God should be having control over. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. God has given us all things to bear, all things to do, all things to, to take um, that are, are not pleasant. And we need to carry what God has given us to carry. It can't be a partial thing. We can't say, okay, Lord, I'll give you this. I'll, I'll carry this load, but I won't carry that one. It needs to be a full obedience. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that begin it begin to mock him. You see, when we walk with God, we need to go the whole way. We can't just go part way and then give up. That is something that would be a great warning to others and something that people will talk about and people will begin to mock because you started, you had everything, you were on your way, you were doing so well, and then you just gave up. There was only a partial, um, a partial completion of that walk that you began, of that walk that you made with God, of the move into the ministry perhaps, and then you just leave it all behind. You couldn't last the distance. It was only a partial obedience. Or what king going to make war against another king setteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to come to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. You do your math. You actually make your decisions. Are you going to walk with God or not? If you want to walk with God, then you need to count the cost. You need to say, I'm going to go the whole way. I may not have much. I may, not, I may see that this world around me is, is great, it's mighty, and it's going to try to lead me in the wrong way, but it might seem that there's many more out there. There's many, other, many things that will come against us that we will not be able to win. We will not be able to get to the end. But when we look at that, when we make a determination, when we realize that God is on our side, then we make that decision. And no matter what happens, we keep going. We don't give up part way because we have made the decision that we're not going to be partially obedient. We're going to go the distance. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. When you only get part of the way, when you don't realize, or when you haven't actually counted the cost, when you haven't made that full commitment, there is a great embarrassment. There is a great surrender, and there is a great embarrassment. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. 
You see, nothing should be more important than God's Word in our lives. Nothing that we have, no friends that we have, no people that we know should be more important in our lives. There should be nothing that will stop us from doing the will of God in our lives because we have made a decision to go the distance. We've made the decision not to be partially obedient to God. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You see, when we're close to God, we have his salt. We make the world thirsty for what God has. That is how we are the salt to this earth. But if we're not fully obedient, if we're not following God the way that we should be, we lose our savor. We lose what God has given us. We lose that power. We lose that anointing. We lose that witness to the world that we need to have. And men aren't going to find God. Men aren't going to realize who God is through your life if you don't have that full obedience to Him. God doesn't have special provisions if we find following Him too hard. In Luke chapter 9, verse 61, it says, and it's talking about people um, saying they'll follow God and, and, and uh, follow Jesus, and, and Jesus asking someone to follow Jesus. And then it says, another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, and are at home at my, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. There are some things in our past that need to stay in the past. We cannot afford to go back to that which God has delivered us from because that would be partial obedience. If God has delivered you from something, then going back to it, that's, that's your partial obedience. That's what's going to cause huge consequences in your life. We need to keep going. We need to keep our eyes on the prize. We need to keep moving forward in following God. The good news is that the Bible says that God puts His blessings on those who will follow Him in the way that He has laid out. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 28, somebody has said to Jesus that blessed is, is basically your mother and uh, for giving you birth. But Jesus says, but He said, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. You see, that is what we need to do. That is our full obedience. We hear the word of God and we keep it. We do what God has asked us to do and we continue to do that. When we hear the word of God, we realize where we're at and then we do what God has asked us to do. That is our full obedience, continually becoming closer to Him. If I could get someone to the piano, please. Don't ever think that partial completion of God's commandments is enough. Don't think that God will understand if you just partially follow Him. If God has specifically asked you to do something or not to do something, then He expects you to do it or not to do it, as He has asked. You see, God never asks us to do anything that we can't complete fully. God isn't a God that expects the impossible from us. 
God is the God of the impossible. God is the one that does the impossible and the things that we can't do. But what God asks us to do, He knows we can do it. He's given us the ability to do that. You see, God knows us better than we know ourselves. So if He says we can do it and He expects us to do it, we can and we will if we try. It doesn't mean that it'll be easy. No one ever said that everything is going to be easy when following God. We are our own worst enemies sometimes. Sometimes we think that we can't do what God says just because we don't want to do it. Because our flesh rises up and we, we hear what God says and we say, I don't want to do that. I don't think I can do that. But it's just our own will. It's our own flesh trying to rebel against what God wants to do in our lives. That's a rebellious spirit and God hates that. He likens it to witchcraft in the Bible. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And while we would never get involved in witchcraft, sometimes we can be a bit rebellious. And that's not what God wants in our lives. There are consequences for partial obedience. And we can try to use things from our past or even our present to try to excuse ourselves in one area. It only has to be one area. We can follow God in every other way, in every other capacity, but there's just this one thing that I'm just not ready for yet. But all our excuses mean nothing to God. You see, anything that God has specifically stated in His Word, any commandment, He expects and enables us to do. It's not too difficult for us. There are no possible excuses that we can give that will make it all right and good to do something else other than what God has asked us to do. And the consequences of partial performance, partial obedience, could be many, but never pleasant. You affect yourself, you affect others by partial obedience. We looked at many examples in the Word of God, and they had some similar but most of them had different outcomes from their partial obedience. Transferring these outcomes from these people to the church, you'll find yourself starting to deal with things like bitterness, jealousy, anger, and hate. And those things just snowball. Those things just lead down, down a horrible downward spiral into, into many sins and many things that God is not pleased with. One of the outcomes could be causing a brother or sister to leave the church, the church equivalent of murder, as Cain did, of losing your anointing because of your partial obedience, like Saul, losing your position in the church, the loss of anointing in the entire church the equivalent of the Ark of the Covenant being lost. Spiritual death, your spiritual death, even physical death, like Ananias and Sapphira. There can be a delay of God moving in the church. God might want to move, but there's a delay, like David when he tried to bring the Ark back. There can be confusion in the church, wondering what's going on, people questioning God because of partial obedience, things not done quite right 
in the right way or in the right order. There can be spiritual sickness to individual lives like the leprosy that King Uzziah suffered. It could end the ministry of a righteous minister because of partial obedience. And if you're a minister, you could be started in your ministry for years, just like John Mark uh, when he went back from the mission field. All of these things can come about by partial performance or partial obedience. The higher up in the church the partial performance is, the worse the potential outcomes are. The, the things that affect the whole church, they're usually from people that are high up. When they don't follow God in the complete way that God has set out. Which means that our ministers and leaders need to be sure. We need to be sure that we are com- fully committed to and following all of God's commandments, especially. It matters to everybody in the church. No one is exempt. But our ministers and our leaders need to be more careful, need to be more committed because the results of partial obedience are always bad. They always have an effect. They affect us. They affect others in the church. If you could all stand at this time, please. I want to have a time of reflection right now. I want us all to look inside ourselves and think about our lives. Think about how we've been following God. Think about all of God's commandments and what God has asked us to do. And think about our own performance. How well have we been doing that? How well have we been listening to God? How well have we been trying to follow all of God's commandments? Have we been following all of God's commandments to us fully? And you, there are also some things that God directs us to do that aren't in the Bible. They're for our own good and the health of our own spiritual walk with God. Have we been following what God wants us to do? Or have we just been choosing the bits that we agree with? See, there's... God didn't say, follow me as long as you agree with what I ask you to do. But He asks us to do it for a reason. It's always for our good. It's always for what? For the the benefit of ourselves and the benefit of the church. Maybe we've even been completely rebelling against God. Both partial and complete disobedience have consequences. And the only way to correct the error is to come into that complete obedience again. It's the same with the way of salvation as well. We can't just follow some of what God has laid out in the Word. We need to have that full salvation. We need to have repented of our sins and turned away from them. We need to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission, for the taking away, the removal of those sins. And we need to be filled with the Spirit, speaking in a language that we have never heard before. All of those are necessary for salvation. We can't just choose one or two. We can't just choose what we want to do, but God has set it out in His Word. That is how we are saved. God has said in His Word that He will put His blessings on those that hear His Word 
and a doer. With full performance, we will be blessed. With partial performance, there are consequences. It's time to review just where we are on the scale. God never asks us to do the impossible. He only asks us to do what He knows we can do. That doesn't always fit in with the way that we think or that we believe about ourselves. But if God asks us to do something, He has already given us the power to do it. Supernatural power, if necessary. Something that's completely beyond you. Anything that God asks you to do, He gives you the power. He's already given you the power to do it. So there are no excuses for partial obedience. So I wonder at this time, have you realized that your commitment to God has been less than complete? God wants to give you an opportunity to make that right, right now.